Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to try to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Our guest today is somebody that I've looked up to for a little bit now. I started listening to his podcast um, a couple months ago, I would say maybe in like June or July. Um, he is a, uh, a Western hunter from Montana. He does a lot of bow hunting, a lot of mule deer hunting, uh, things that I want to do. He is somewhat of a role model. His name is Tyler Geiger. How are you doing, sir? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing very well, man. I'm super excited to have you on. Uh, you know, you're kind of, uh, like I said, a role model, not only in the hunting game, but in the, uh, in the podcast game too. So, um, really appreciate having you on and, uh, kind of showing me the ropes and hopefully we can talk about, uh, the ways that our, our podcasts intersect because you and I are pretty similar. Um, but we, we create content from two different perspectives. And so I'm excited to, um, to explore that. So. I am too, man. I appreciate you inviting me on. I don't go on a lot of podcasts, obviously, because I, I run my own show, so it's it's got to be a right fit. And I don't know, you yes, messaged sir. me and it just it just kind of felt right. I appreciated the kind words, so I'm happy to be here. Awesome, man. Well, let's go ahead and get started. What is your purpose? Right off the bat, huh? Yes, sir. Yep. <laughs> Very first thing. Awesome. I love that. Uh, basically, you you told me to to figure that out. And I actually just got done with a run and I was like, man, my purpose is like, I have a a pretty big purpose. I I feel like, and that's basically just to, you know, reach the highest potential in all aspects of my life. Like I just want to perform my best and reach whatever untapped potential that might be there, whether it be, um, you know, I want to be the best husband that I can be. I want to be the best coworker. I can be the best podcast host, the best hunter, the best athlete, um, I just don't really want to leave anything out there, man. So when I do something, I give it my all. I I put my foot down. I'm very stubborn. And that's that, man. Like I, I don't I don't want to leave anything left on the table whenever whenever my time comes. I want to be satisfied when I get old and, and gray. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I like that. That's very uh very and I know you're a David Goggins fan, but that is very kind of Goggins, Cam Haynes esque and and mm-hmm. I like that. There's a lot to be said about that. And you know, growing up, my dad always said, I, I don't care what you do as long as you try to be the best at it. Um, you know what I mean? Like or mm-hmm. always do your best type thing. And so that really resonates with me. And uh you know, I've got a, a bookmark here actually on the table that my wife made me. It says how you do one thing is how you do everything. Exactly. And so I like that you kind of wrapped that all up into that, you know, the, the marriage, the hunting, the running, everything like that. Uh, just try to be your best. I, I really enjoy that. That resonates with me. So I'll quit, uh, stumbling, but, <laughs> uh, man, we do some, uh, we do some rapid fire questions with almost every guest, uh, just to kind of get a rapport going and, uh, the, the, uh, the audience loves it. So, um, we'll start off. What is your favorite book and why? You, you mentioned, I read a lot of books. Um, a lot of people probably don't think that about me, but I do. I, I really enjoy reading. I, I used to read <laughs> a lot uh, and still do. I used to read with my grandmother when she used to pick me up from school. So this was a tough one for me. I guess I'll, I'll pick a, a more recent book. I guess when I am a Goggins fan, uh, his first book, Can't Hurt Me, That I've read that book like I think three or four times and I've loaned it out to multiple friends of mine it's it's kind of a must read it's not a self-help book um that's not really what i'm looking for i just really enjoy his his story and it it resonated some with me so yeah that's that's one of my favorites yeah that's awesome man i i think i'm gonna go and pick that up i i have been i'll send it to you i don't have an really awesome dude i appreciate that yeah sweet man that'll be that'll be cool i just got done with uh cam haynes what Endure. Sorry. A, I almost forgot too. the name of that book. Great book. Yeah. Um, I, I love Cam Haynes. And then uh, I, I didn't really have an opinion on Goggins because I hadn't really heard any podcasts with him. But, you know, from your most recent podcast, I went and listened to the Rogan podcast. And I think I really like the dude. Um, he's kind of he's on he's on one end of the spectrum. That mm-hmm. That's that's a, that's a good way to say it. Like he is to the max, to the extreme. And if I can even siphon 
25% of his energy, then um, I'll be way better than what I ever was going to be before I heard of him. You know what I mean? So, well said. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that's awesome, man. I'll, I'll write that down and uh, probably put it in the description of the podcast. <laughs> but um, next is going to be, man, what is your favorite meal prep meal? Oh, God. Um I don't, I, to be honest, I don't meal prep a ton. Um, I, okay. I, I kind of just, I kind of just eat as I go. We have a lot of like ground beef. Um, we, we eat a lot yeah. of steak, man. We eat a lot of wild game. So I guess like on a typical day, like I, you really just can't beat like a good ground beef and a little jasmine rice with some barbecue sauce. That's, it's kind of real easy, real quick. It's kind of my go-to. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I really do like the uh, the ground beef and, and jasmine rice. I, I So we have a, a dish called uh, chile. It's like the Mexican version of chili yeah. where you just it's like green chilies and red onions and all that kind of shit in there. And I just mix it in with some jasmine rice and it, it slaps pretty hard. So, yeah, um, I feel you on that quick and easy. That's what I'm about. Yeah, that or, you know, honestly, what's even been easier for me is uh, you mentioned actually throwing food on your Traeger uh, in oh, your, yeah. I think it was trained without a purpose. Yep. Um, you were like, it's not that hard. Just throw it on the Traeger. That's what yeah. I do like every Sunday. Yep. Um, throw it on the Traeger and, and my chicken is done or whatever I'm cooking. So, um, yeah, it just makes it. So, makes next it rapid easier, fire man. question is what is your. Oh, yeah. Sorry. We had a little bit of a lag. Are you with me now? I'm, yep. I'm good. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite lift? So like, for example, mine's the deadlift. What is your favorite lift? Honestly, probably the same, man. I've been, I've been deadlifting. Like I've gotten really back into it over the past, probably 10 or so months. And I'd say that that's the one I enjoy deadlifting. I like squatting too, but, uh, probably, probably deadlifts. I like that one. Yeah, I really enjoy it. It used to be, of course, as a newbie, every newbie loves bench. And so I always mm-hmm. liked bench for a long time. And then I found the deadlift. And uh, since I am a newbie, my deadlift grew like insane. And I, I actually have like an average deadlift, like my deadlift max for only a year lifting is like 345. And so oh, I just love excellent. to go hit it because I feel like I can actually do things. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so I feel like I'm not worthless. So that's why I love the deadlift. But no, that's, that's way anyway, more man, me. so let's. Oh really? Heck yeah! It, it was it was very dirty. It, it didn't feel right after that, and I did it no belt, and so I was like, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna not do that again for a while." <laughs> um, it didn't it didn't feel right when I hit the 345, and so I've been backing down. But dude, I love the deadlift, and that's cool to hear that it's one of your favorites too. I think I think the hard guys like the super like the guys that are just wanting to get after it, they love the deadlift because there's no like. I mean, yeah, you have to get your technique right, but it's just, did you get the fucking weight off the ground? So like, true. there's no, like, squat depth. Yeah, like, debating squat depth or some shit. It's like, there's a clear lockout, and did you move the weight off the ground? Th- those are the only two um, only two things that matter. And so, I, I agree with you. That's so but, true. Anyway, man, so let's start with, uh, what do you do for a living? I, I, I've never heard that in your pocket, and you may not want to talk about it, but no, um, yeah, what do no, you do on the day-to-day? Cop. Uh, LEO in Montana. And before that, I was LEO in Nashville, Tennessee for like three and a half years. Oof. Was Nashville, was Nashville fun? Did you enjoy Nashville? Oh yeah, dude. It was, it was gangster, man. Being like the only white dude in the projects had a lot of fun. Worked with a (laughs) lot of, worked with a lot of fun people. Um, learned a lot, gotten to a lot of, gotten to a lot of, um, a lot of shit, but, um, I miss it sometimes, but uh, other times it's nice being in Montana. It's a little bit slower pace. Uh, I had my yeah. fun. So, but Nashville was definitely, yeah, it's not just all sunshine and roses and Broadway and country music all the time. So, yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, did you, what kind of led you to, to be a cop? Did you feel like a calling for that? Did, was it kind of fulfilling what you thought was your purpose when you went into it or how did you decide to become a cop? I could give you like the cookie cutter, real basic answer that probably nine or ten or nine out of ten people would tell you. They'd be like, oh, I wanted to help people. Yeah, well, I mean, I did too. <laughs> but in all honesty, dude, I didn't know what else I was going to freaking do. And I thought I'd be good at it. 
and depending on who you talk yeah, that to, makes sense. depending on who you talk to, they might be like, yeah, he's good at it. Or the other person might be like, nah, he ain't worth a damn. But I think, I think I'm good at my job. <laughs> I, I enjoy my job. Um, but th- that's the, that's the honest answer. Yeah, I know that makes sense. I appreciate the honesty too, because I feel like that's how a lot of people, that's how a lot of people end up in whatever job they do, whether it be the military or law enforcement, things like that. And so, um, do you think that you kind of found a purpose in being a cop? Do you think you're going to do it for a long while? Are you looking to exit anytime soon? How are you feeling about it now since you didn't really know what you wanted to do when you originally went in? (coughs) Excuse me. Um, it changes day to day. I'll be honest. I, I don't know if I could ever retire doing this job. Um, there's a yeah. couple, there's some things that I, I'd like to pursue. Um, I feel like I have a lot to offer in other aspects of things, but we'll just, mm-hmm. we'll just leave it at that. I have coworkers and probably a few sergeants that end up listening to my show and who knows, they might stumble across this and be like, what the heck? So um, I don't think I'm going anywhere <laughs> right now, but it might not be a, you know, put your 25 years in and ride off into the sunset type deal either. Yeah, man, that makes sense. That's kind of how I am. And uh, I do engineering and project management. And yeah, hold your horses. Don't get too excited about it. Um, I know it's incredibly exciting. Uh, But I I feel the same way as you. And, you know, a lot of people, when they go to hire me or, you know, or like my current employers or things like that, they're like, oh, yeah, you're going to, this is a good place to retire. And I'm like, God, don't tell me that because, (laughs) like, don't tell me this is a good place to retire because if I'm still fucking here when I retire, something went wrong. Like something went terribly wrong. Um, and so I share, I share your sentiment and that's kind of how I got into the engineering too, is just what did I think I would be good at? And for me, it was more the paycheck too. Um, you know, just like what, what do I think I'll be good at and what, what can I actually do in school that'll get me paid the highest? (laughs) You know what I mean? And then I ended up looking and I think a lot of young kids do this, which is kind of one of the reasons I started the the podcast is we don't really have any sort of idea what our purpose is or like what we actually want to do in life. And then we end up, um, some people like me, you end up going to college and getting a fake piece of paper and spending too much damn money on it. Um, and then you, you end up kind of lost. And so I don't know that I can fix any of that, but, uh, at least maybe I can help them realize it a little bit quicker. Cause some people, you know, I realized it within a couple, within a couple of years, some people don't realize it till 10, 12 years later that, you know, they fucked up when they originally decided what they wanted to do, you know? Yeah. Well, you'll, you'll be surprised, man. If you stay consistent with this show that you got going on here, you're going to end up talking to a lot of different people. Um, and it'll just kind of get your mind going, right? You'll see how other people think. Yeah. You'll, you'll listen to their stories opportunities will present themselves and you just never know um so that's my one piece of advice yes sir yeah don't stop dude do you uh well just on the podcast you know do you like pay attention to how many listeners and stuff you have when i first do the analytics when i first started absolutely man i was like man is anybody even listening to this bullshit and then like as i as i go i don't i don't care and i think my my show has gotten a lot more um it's always been transparent but i've just started giving even less of a fuck about like am i gonna hurt anybody's feelings or you know is this guest gonna bring a lot of traffic to the podcast like no i want to talk to people because i think they're interesting i don't care if i get any followers i don't care how many listeners i mean the show does really good um but i think that's because i'm transparent and i I put out a good product um but to answer your question no i don't when I first downloaded it and started doing it, yeah, but not anymore, man. Like, I'll check it every now and then um, just to see if the episode did as good as I thought it would, but no, yeah. not really. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, they're like, how many listeners do you have? And I'm like, dude, I don't have a fucking clue. Like, yeah. I, I really don't. And that was one thing I kind of got from Andy Frazella. Uh, I'm sure you've listened to Andy mm-hmm. on occasion. Yep. Um, I was listening to Andy a lot before I started the podcast and I was, and you know, he says, you just find somebody that, uh, he he says, you're like trying to just solve the problem for one person. Like you don't care like how many customers you get that day. As long as you solved the one person that did come in, as long as you fully solved their problem in the best way you could, that's who you really care about. And so I kind of took that approach. And I, I think, 
you'll agree. It's just the best way to live. Like you just do your podcast, put it up and what happens happens. And you know, you're doing it to help the one person that listens and you don't give a fuck if, if it's 2000 or two, you know what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. So, That's not why I started it either. You know, it was originally started yeah. with, with another guy and I, and we just wanted to talk hunting and then some things kind of fell through. And then I realized that I have more interest than just hunting. And so I talk about life. I talk about you know what i want to talk about it doesn't have to be about like let me hear about that elk that you killed this this year like there's more to life than, yeah. than just hunting and, and shit like that so i i like to get all different types of guests that offer different things for not only me but whoever decides to listen as well yes sir yeah let's 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 talk about were, were there any were there and I don't really like talking about the haters very much. That that shit kind of annoys me when people constantly talk about the haters. But um, did you have to kind of power through any any doubts, um, any sort of criticisms when you first started? People like because, like I said, I don't give a fuck about the haters, and I think the haters are a figment of a lot of people's imagination. But I still get I I'd still get some eye rolls. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't know that there's any haters, but there's eye rollers. Um, did you have to deal with any of that? And does it feel good to succeed uh, in the face of some of the eye rollers? Uh, I wouldn't say that. Like I had quote unquote haters when I decided decided to like start a show um, at the yeah. beginning. But I guess as it grows and as like my, you know, unfortunately, like one of the best marketing tools out there is like Instagram. So when you when you have a, a page that you try to market your, your show through, that brings all types of different walks of life, you know, into your world. Yeah. And I'll have like, especially recently, like there's a lot of people like talking trash on some posts that I make and this, that and the other. And like, I just think it's hilarious. Um, I, I enjoy that. I read all of those things and I've just never been the guy to like go on a stranger's page and be like, dog, him, <laughs> dog him out for like no reason. Like you don't yeah. know me. I don't know you like shouldn't like go get a job, like go make some money, like go hang out with your <laughs> wife. Why are you talking shit on my page? So I enjoy it. it it's funny. People can think what they want to think about me. It, it, it is what it is, man. I know who I am. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's important for like any, any of the young men that like listen to this is that no matter what you do, I guess to, to my original point, it, it was that I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily the haters, but you will get, as you decide like what your purpose is and what you actually want to go do, um, kind of like Tyler did with the podcast, you'll get some eye rollers. You'll get some people that think that it's kind of funny if it's not, if it's not a cop or an engineer or whatever the family business is. Um, you'll get some eye rollers and you'll get some people that think that it's kind of silly, but if you keep on it, you know, like what Tyler has done and don't really care what they say, you know, the, the point of that was that you will eventually find number one, find some peace in what you're doing and then find success. Would you agree with that? No, 100%. I definitely agree with that. And all that shit's just noise, man. Like I have, I've made lifelong friends, like on a whim on my show that I talk to regularly that mm-hmm. I've hung out with that have traveled from Texas to Montana to come hang out and go hunting. Like people that I talk on the phone with like genuinely good freaking guys. So, right. I mean, I don't have a lot of friends. I've said that on my show a lot. Um, but I've, I've actually met some really, really solid people and have learned so much about all different aspects of, of life. And, um, just people have, so much to offer. And I feel like if you put yourself out there and stay consistent with maybe like a podcast, um, you'd be surprised what you could learn and the opportunities that can come and relationships that you can make. Yeah. Do you believe in the law of attraction? Have you, have you kind of heard of that? hundred okay, percent. Cool. My wife, my wife and I are all about it. Yeah, that's cool. And that's kind of what, uh, you, you said something like earlier in this podcast about how, well, you said that exact thing is, is if you keep going and you keep doing the show, you'll meet people and find opportunities and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, in the past year, the law of attraction has been so completely proven, um, to me, like 
because I've been doing like the personal development thing only for about a year now. And it's just been so crazy the way it actually works. Can you kind of describe for the listeners, maybe a few circumstances outside of the the one you just mentioned, the friend from Texas to coming to Montana? Um, what are what are some of the ways that the law of attraction has kind of helped you in the past or that you've noticed it occurring in your life? I just think, man, like if it's meant for me, it's not going to miss me. And if it misses me, it clearly yeah. wasn't meant for me. So like that's a that's a quote that right. I heard. I don't even remember who said it, but I heard it a long time ago and it kind of always resonated with me. Like if it's meant to be, it's it's going to be. And like that's just how I always am. Like mm-hmm. if something bad happens, well, it's because I can handle it. If something good happens, it's not because I freaking deserved it. It's because I earned it. So that's just kind of how I always I always live. I don't get too high. I don't get too low. And, you know, people come into my life in seasons, it seems like. Like I'll have a friend or I'll meet somebody and, you know, everything's fine and dandy at surface level. And then they might say something and they might show their true colors and then it just doesn't work. It's it's no hard feelings. It's just like you're not meant to be in my life anymore. And that's okay. Like I wish you well. Um, but it's time for me to move on just kind of things like that. That's, that's how I think that's how my mind works. So, yeah. And you know, for, uh, especially for like the opportunities, um, the law of attraction for opportunities has been just insane for me. I, I've talked, I've talked about it before, but it, it'll be the first time you've heard it. Uh, I met my kind of coach, he coaches CrossFit at the gym I go to, but, um, I met him just like, it had to have been pure law of attraction. Like he and I are really, really cool. And it took me almost a year of just doing the right things over and over again, um, to be in the place to meet this dude. And I was open up to that opportunity. And so I think it's just, it's just really cool the way that works. And I wish more people understood that the more positive energy you put out in the world, the more comes to you. You know what I mean? No, I know exactly what you mean, man. It always it always comes around. Like if you if you live a shit life and you're a shithead to people and you don't work hard and you don't put your your foot down and your best foot forward, chances are a lot of opportunities and a lot of good things in life aren't going to happen to you. If you got a poo poo attitude all the time, like you're probably gonna yep. have a poo poo time. So, um, it's ups and downs, man. It's all perspective. Yes, sir. So let's talk about something that uh, we really do have in common, and that's uh, the aspiration. Well, I guess you are uh, a Western big game hunter. Um, I'm still aspiring to be a Western hunter. Uh, let's talk about that. Why? Why do you hunt? What do you? Why do you feel the need to hunt? Why do you enjoy hunting? <coughs> I've hunted. Um, I guess a good majority of my life, you know, like with my dad, and he kind of taught me the taught me the ropes. But there was just always something that brought me um out west and i just it's just so hard to describe it to folks if they haven't been out here to to actually like get boots on the ground and and get out here it's like half the time man it's like yeah i want to kill you know a nice deer an elk or whatever just as bad as the next guy man but like i'm always gonna appreciate just like a good sunrise you know what I mean? Like just being out in nature, being out yeah. or being out in country where like some people have never even like set foot where I'm at. And it, it's more it's more to me than just like filling tags and, and, and things like that. Like I just I feel so blessed and honored to be in the situation that I'm in and being like physically and mentally capable of of being out in the places that I get to go to. So it's just the whole experience. It, it's it's like a life reset when I'm out there. You know, no phone, nobody bothering me. Um, and I come back a better person, a better man, a better husband, uh, more motivated with life in general. So it, it's, it's more than just, um, you know, killing things, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And all right, would you say that most of your hunts are, are a grind? Are you Are you grinding pretty hard out there, especially your Western hunts? All of them, every single freaking mile. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. But like the way that I hunt and like, I guess you can call me a Western hunter now because I have a full season under my belt. But like, I was just like you last winter. Like, yeah, I was out there, yeah. but I didn't have any tags because I was still a non-resident. Like I was as green as they come in it. I am still very green. Like if you want some Western hunters, I can give you a couple of guests that you're going to be like, whoa, these guys are legit. Um, I'm not that guy, right? I'm not that guy. Not yet. I'm aspiring to be. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of folks that are, 
that really, really get after it. And the way that I hunt, I, I hunt pretty brutal country on purpose. So that makes for long, mm-hmm. long days. Yeah, I can imagine. And one thing that I've learned this season, this has been my first season uh, bow hunting at all. Uh, I actually... I would, I would, what I guess you would call would be like a first generation hunter. My dad didn't hunt. Um, I had like uncles and cousins and stuff that hunted that kind of tried to take me when I was little, but never really worked out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I think before I was 18, I may have shot two deer and recovered one, um, you know, that kind of thing. And so, uh, last year was my first season and to your point, one thing that I did learn this season is that if it's easy to get there, everybody, everybody else is going to be there. Um, if it's easy to get there, then there's no shot. Like you've got to go to the hard places if you want to get, uh, anything at all, especially on public. Usually, (laughs) usually sometimes not the case, but more times than not, I'd rather just pick pick a, excuse me, pick a place on the map. Like that looks terrible. Like there's no way anybody would want to go in here and then I'll just go. Right. Well, and even, even if it's not like a, a hard access place, um, it's still gotta be like, like even on the weekdays, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you may be able to find some deer in an easy access place, but if it's on a Saturday, good fucking luck. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if it's on a Saturday, good luck. Cause you're fucked. Um, Mm -hmm. It's got to be on a Wednesday night or a Wednesday morning when nobody else is there. And that's kind of what I've been struggling with recently because I knew it was going to be hard, but um, I haven't done many hikes. Uh, I've got some bad knees. And so like that, that it really just hit me like a a truck this season of like, damn, this is going to be way harder than what I originally thought. You know what I mean? Dude, bow hunting is so hard. Like yeah. it, it's so freaking hard, especially bow hunting elk. Like I've, I've ran some like pretty intense ultra marathons and bow hunting elk is way harder, like way harder. Right. Yeah. I'd, I'd really like to get on some elk. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen next year, but maybe the year after that, um, if I just have, pallets of cash next year i may get an otc tag in like idaho or something um if you can even get them in idaho i don't know um, sure. I that's know what i've in, heard but no you can in colorado yeah yeah or colorado um i've been hunting mule deer so it's been awful <laughs> let me tell you it has been terrible um it's been fun but just even trying to number one spot them so i live in amarillo and there's the only public land in texas the only national public land in texas that holds mule deer is like meredith um that's free not free access but like complete public access you don't have to draw a tag or anything to go hunt it is lake meredith and it is so small and every motherfucker and their dog drives up from dallas and uh it is just a pain in the ass and uh you can actually pull some whitetail out of there you can get on some mule deer but i don't know that they've had a mule deer killed with a bow in years and so i've made it my life's mission to get a mule deer from there with a bow like a a big one with antlers and shit um with a bow out of there and everybody's like, dude, you're, you're fucking insane, but it's just going to take a bunch of miles. And there's actually, I, I don't know if he got one with, I don't know if he got one with a bow, but I actually ran into a buddy that got one with a gun, uh, I think last year. And so it can be done and people kill them with guns every year, maybe like two or three get harvested out of the whole, out of the whole park. Um, but yeah, it's tough and it, it's just going to help prepare me for elk. Cause I know elk are probably going to be more difficult cause I think they're a little bit more jumpy. Um, but it, it's so insane. And I, we don't even have the elevation that you do. Like it's, it's a Canyon, but it's a really short Canyon. And so like, yeah, there's some straight up walls and shit, but we don't have the elevation that y'all do. I couldn't even imagine doing miles of hikes with elevation. Like what you've got. Uh, you could do it. It's just. If, if you love it, you can, you can do it a hundred percent, man. If you, if you genuinely yeah. enjoy, um, just a good grind. And if you really love bow hunting, like I do, and like a ton of other dudes, especially in Texas, I know a few guys in Texas that I want to connect you with. Um, but you just yeah, gotta, sure. you just gotta, you just gotta love it, man. And it, it, it makes it so much worth, so much more worth it. If you actually enjoy what you're doing. 
Yeah, I uh, I hit. So it was getting towards the end of the season, and we've got a Facebook group called West Texas Mule Deer that uh, it's where I mean you post about West Texas mule deer and I just posted in there. I, I got desperate. I was like, dude, I spent like $3,000 to get a whole setup here. I was like, if anybody just has a place that they want something killed, just tell me where the gate is at. You know what I mean? Like give me the gate, like whatever. If you have anything that needs to be killed, I spent so much money on a bow and my range finder and everything. I just need to kill something. And a dude actually came up with a, a mule deer doe tag. And he was like, dude, I can't give these motherfuckers away. Nobody wants to kill a mule deer doe for some reason. Uh, but you can literally walk up and pet them. He was like, it's not going to be just an amazing hunt, but, uh, you're going to put an arrow in something. And I was like, cool, fuck it. I'll take it. And, uh, we were out in some sand Hills and they've got like a bunch of burrs and a bunch of dead weeds and shit. Dude, I tried to spot and stalk for like three hours, which I know isn't much, but I only had one day. So yeah. it was on a Sunday, like towards the end of the season. And I was like, okay, you want me there at like 4 AM? And he was like, no, 1 PM. And I was like, dog, I can't <laughs> like, I'm going to have like two hours to shoot the motherfucker and then like get it all broken down. Cause I gotta be at work on Monday. Anyway, I tried to spot and stalk this thing for like three hours, multiple deer, and the weeds were so crunchy. I would get within like 200 yards of it, and it would look up and just look at me. And I'm like, dude, I can't do this shit. Like, it's impossible, man. It was so tough. It was so difficult. But I, I ended up killing one in a stand, and that's it. Heck I'm yeah. sold. Like, Heck yeah. I'm just going to do it forever. So you just got to get started, man. That's half the battle in anything is just yeah. get started, and you get a little taste of success, and then floodgates open, brother. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, what is, what is hunting? I know you, you said that it was kind of like a life reset. Um, give me some like practical ways that it's actually helped you in your life. So the season of Western hunting, um, what are some really noticeable ways that it helped you, um, in other areas of your life? Let's say your marriage or your job or things like that. Um, what did it actually do for you? A lot of problem solving skills, especially when I'm by myself and there's nobody to bounce ideas off of. Like I go wherever I decide my boots are going to take me. Sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, we pivot. We solve problems. Um, and another thing, man, is like when you're living out of a backpack for a week and you got no cell phone service and you're eating like freeze dried meals and you're struggling for water and it's hot and Lord knows you need a shower. Like I'm just so appreciative of everything that I have, like in my day to day life, like, with you know, my house, you know, we have heat, we have water. I got a comfortable bed. I got a pretty wife. I got two little dogs that we love. Like it just makes me like, it puts things into perspective, especially like being lonely when it's quiet, man, your mind just starts going. You ain't seeing no elk. You ain't seeing no deer. You have a lot of time on your hands to think and, and really like appreciate where you come from and, and kind of everything you've done in your life and just how lucky we really have it, you know? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. And uh, so the, the town, just a little story that kind of relays that the town that I've got to go through to get to one of my favorite hunting locations at Lake Meredith is just a... I mean, it is a dog shit town. I mean, it is like, yeah. I mean, meth's easier to find than gas. Like, not even kidding you. Um, <laughs> it's it's bad. And so I was driving through there on one of my hunts, and I was like, man, this just must be a shitty place to live. And then I went on the hunt, and it was just awful. It was wet the whole time. It was just cold and uh, miserable. I only saw some doe. Ended up bumping them before I even got close. Like anywhere close and then i remember driving back out of that town i was like you know what <laughs> it's like that shitty little single wide right there mm -hmm. that actually looks kind of nice you know compared to what i just what i just came you know came from it, it puts everything into perspective kind of like what you said yeah, i've been there man i know exactly how you're feeling like being hot cold or wet man it really ain't that bad where I live or like you, you drive through those little tit dirt towns. No. Mo Montana has a ton of little dirty ass towns like that way out in the middle of nowhere, man. Like one stop sign. You're yeah. like, this doesn't look too bad. Yeah, no, it don't. Um, so would you say that, um, how do you find, 
I'm going to try to word this carefully. You said your purpose was to uh, fully realize your potential in all aspects. Um, how do you find balance in what you choose to do and what you choose to not do? So like, what do you give up for hunting? Um, how do you prioritize your life to make sure that your potential is fully realized in the, in whatever discipline you choose, whether that be, I mean, obviously you've got your hunting, you've got your marriage, you've got running, what else are you cutting out and how do you make those decisions to put your best foot forward? Because you can't be an amazing Western hunter and an amazing water polo player if you're also running and, you know, having a marriage, like how do you manage your bandwidth and put forth, uh, your energy towards the things that you, the things that you do is, does that make sense? Does the question yeah. make sense? Yeah, no, it does. Um, I just try to prioritize everything, man. Like I, I sacrifice a lot of sleep, especially in the fall or like if I'm training for <laughs> like, if I'm training for a run and I know that like my day is jam packed, like I'll get two, three hours of sleep and I can run on that for a long, long time. I don't know. I don't know how I'm able to go off such little sleep. My wife thinks it's like crazy impressive, but I mean, I'll, I'll crash out eventually, but I've always said, man, if it, if something's important to you, like you're going to find the time to get it done and prioritize it. And with that comes a heck of a lot of not very well slept nights man like i'm not getting eight hours like hardly at all um and then just communicating like i I'm, I'm always trying to communicate with my wife about like what what i have going on or you know like she comes first all the time and thankfully she lets me get out and pursue my passions um so that definitely helps a lot too but just communicating and, and making sacrifices like we don't go out drinking I mean, don't get me wrong, like we'll go on vacations and have fun or we'll go have a few beers every now and then. But like that's not a staple in our life. So um, we always find time to get our workouts in, to eat good and yeah, just just prioritize and sacrifice. And That's usually sleep. Yes, sir. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, what would you say were keys in in? It sounds like you have a very good uh, a very good marriage, and I like to think mine is pretty good because she lets me spend a lot of money on bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's very mm -hmm. supportive of me, and kind of like she said, she lets you pursue your passions. Um, same thing with my wife. What did you kind of do to to build that? And I know we're we're at thirty seven minutes, so we're still good. Um, what did you do to to build that? And uh, to somebody, imagine somebody young, like a teenager or something that is looking for a wife, what would you say are some important aspects to make sure that you have that, that marriage of support? Just be, be honest, like put it all on the table from the get. Like when I met my wife, like she knew exactly who I was. Like in the fall, I go hunting in the summers. I usually run a couple of races. Like those are kind of my two things, right? Like kind of the two things that I, I, I really enjoy, I actually, I don't enjoy running at all, but I feel like I have to. So that's why I do those hard things. <laughs> um, but just be honest and put it all on the table. Don't throw any surprises at her. And then you gotta also let her have her time as well. Like sometimes you ain't gonna want to go to the thrift store and, um, look at a bunch of shit. My wife likes doing that. So we go and I help her pick out things, but it's stuff that we can do together um, that, you know, when the fall comes around, you, you kind of put little cookies in the cookie jar, right? Like you, you build some bonus yeah. points up and I'm sure she'll listen to this and she already knows about that, but, um, we kind of have seasons, right? Like in the fall, it's kind of my season. Well, now it's Jan or it's almost January. I don't really have shit going on like from now until September. So like whatever she wants to do, we do. And I'm fine with that because we have a lot of similar interests too, but you got to let each other have, um, their seasons and usually the fall is kind of my season and then everything else is you know what whatever she wants to do and i'm game with it i'm good with it so yeah well turkey season's in the spring so i got to take the fall and a little bit of spring but <laughs> but no dude i think we married the same damn woman too because i've spent many a days in thrift stores going Really? Yeah, this is going to pay off when hunting season comes around. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Hobby Lobby is the worst. I don't know if y'all got Hobby Lobby up in the Great White North, but, um, well, it's not Canada. It's 
close to Canada, but I don't know if you've got a Hobby Lobby in Montana, but I give her one Hobby Lobby trip a year. I say, I will walk through that door one time. I don't care if it's a 10 hour, like I don't care if we're in Hobby Lobby for 10 hours. I will walk through that door one time and walk out one time in a 365 day period. God um, bless. So I know you're, uh, yeah, I know you're paying on the uh, the thrift stores and the looking at shit for hours on end. Uh, yep. But no, it, it it is worth it. And you know, I talked about that with one of my guests, Brett Hart. About uh, I don't know if you're if you've heard of Jocko much uh, mm-hmm. or read any of Jocko. One of his laws of combat is cover and move. And yeah, it's just absolutely essential to um, another way to say it is give and take or ebb and flow. Like everybody says the same thing, but um, you have to cover and move for one another. And I like your your point about being honest and upfront uh, when you first join the relationship. I feel like a lot of dudes in order to kind of win this girl over or they think that in order to foster a good relationship, you have to give just give, give, give above and beyond. Um and almost, almost to the level of simp, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you know what simp means. Yep. Um, they do that. And then when the marriage comes around, that's when they're like, oh man, I can't go hunting. I can't do none of this shit I used to do, um, before we got married. And it's like, well, because you were never forthright with, you know, with what your priorities were. Um, and so I, I like the fact that you did that and I, and I did that too. And I think it's the only way to, it's the only way to go forward. Yeah, you know, it takes two, two, two people, right? So, like, she knows who I am. She knew yes. who I was from the get. Um, granted, you know, coming out here and doing Western hunting is a little bit different than just going out in the stand in Nashville <laughs> and being home by the time she wakes up. Like, they're more trips opposed to, like, hey, I'm going to go hunting. I'll see you for breakfast type of thing. Um, but she doesn't yes. try to take that from me. She lets me have that. She lets me pursue my passions. I am who I am, dude. And, like, same with her, though, like, She's got interests that, you know, sometimes that I I have no interest in at all, but like, that's who she is. That's what she's into. And I don't try to take that from her. Um, because then if you start doing that and you start trying to change each other, then that resentment sets in, whether you realize it or not, you know, you, you start to cop an attitude, you start to like hold things and grudges against each other. And that ain't healthy for, for either party involved. No, not at all. And I've got a few past episodes on, on that and the resentment and yeah, everything you said is exactly right. And you know, like I can tell her that I won't go to Hobby Lobby, but if I ever tried to keep her from Hobby Lobby, I'm going to find myself in, in a lawyer's office pretty quick. Um, yeah, exactly. cause it's just not going to happen. Like she, <laughs> she is who she is kind of like what you said mm-hmm. and, uh, talk about what I know we, we talked about how, um, what you did to build that marriage. Talk about how much that marriage helps you it, we're, we're kind of dancing around it, but what does the support of your wife really help you do? Like, what does she do um, on the daily that actually helps you go and achieve your goals and fulfill your purpose of, of realizing your potential? What does a good marriage, if a young man is listening to this, what does he have to look forward to if he fosters that good marriage? Just encouragement, man. Like, my wife encourages the absolute shit out of me. Like, she's the first person I tell. If something great happens, she's the first person I, I tell if something bad happens, no matter what it is, um, she's there. And my wife is awesome. And but the the funny thing about her is, is like she just told me today, she's like, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear because uh, I'm like fishing for her, like I'm going through something this morning and I'm I'm like, come on, man. Like she's like, Tyler, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm, I'm going to tell you what you yeah. need to hear. And that's just who that's who she is. So it's, it's it's all encouragement for me, man. Like I just need somebody on my team because uh, there's not a ton of people on it. And that's pretty much my choice. I have a very select group of individuals that I ride with and that ride for me. And she's obviously at the top of that list. And she's like my biggest support system. So, yeah, just support, man. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, uh, you know, the, the I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. Uh, that's. That's really important. And uh, do you listen to the the Daily Wire much, like Ben Shapiro, all of those guys? Oh, uh, I see that, him. I see him on like little Instagram things that he does. Yeah, I don't okay. listen. I don't listen uh, to it, a show, but I see like the little snippets that he posts. Yeah, it, it's it's not important, but just for context, uh, one of the uh, one of the hosts uh, on their on their like channel show thing, their media uh, company, uh, he was talking about like when Joe Biden got elected, he was like, yeah, I like, I really don't like Joe Biden, but my real disdain is for like Joe Biden's wife because 
you know, somebody's got to tell this dude that he's just too fucking old to do what he's doing and not to get political. But I, I, I wrestled with that. And I think I really agree with him is like, what, if you really have a good marriage, you're going to have somebody there that really catches you when you go too far. You know what I mean? Like not catches you, but stops you and says, Hey, look, what the fuck are you doing? It's, it's that alter voice that, you know, keeps you in check. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah. The way I like to sum that up is just call me out on my bullshit. Like that's what it is. You got to get, you got to get called out on your bullshit and I bullshit just as much as the next guy. But you know, like hold me accountable. Like that's, that's what I need. And that's what a partnership in a marriage is, is like, you gotta, like if someone's slacking or if they're not living up to who you think they are and who they claim to be, well, they need to hear that. And my wife do, does an excellent job with that and, and keeps my ass in check. So I, I appreciate somebody's got to. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense, man. So um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about running. And you you kind of alluded to it that you don't really like running, but you do it because you feel like you have to. Um, what really happens when you're in the middle of a, like a long running like a grind and I'm assuming that it's difficult, obviously, because it's a grind. But what does that difficult thing do for you in the moment and then after the moment? How do, how does that affect you, and why do you keep doing it even if you don't want to? I like I've said this a million times, and I don't I, I don't care if anybody believes me or not because I run a shit ton, but I absolutely hate it. Like when I told you I just got home, it's because I just got out from outside running, and it was like 15 right. degrees had to like had to do it because i'm not going to do it after this hell it'll be 6 37 o'clock here by the time we get done with this and i want to have dinner with my wife and relax um but in the in the moment i don't know you just kind of got to go to like a real dark place i get real and whatever people can take this how they want i get real lonely especially on really long runs like homesick, Mm -hmm. lonely, like, man, like this sucks. Like I'm all alone. Like that really blows. And, but there's also a lot of, there's also a lot of ups too, where you can start getting in a groove and you're happy and you're like another step closer, another step closer. Then there's times where you feel like absolute garbage and everything's falling apart and it's just the worst time in the world. Everything sucks. Um, but the benefit of it to me is, is after. So like when something bad in life happens, like, man, I just ran 70 miles a month ago. Like this ain't nothing. <laughs> like I, I got through that. Like I can, I can get through whatever, ha- whatever happens in real life. Like it just kind of prepares you, uh, for life doing something terrible. Basically every day I think needs to be done. Whatever your terrible is for me, it's running. I despise it. So I make sure to do it. Cause the rest of my day ain't going to be as bad as that run was, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think it will to the viewer. We're actually reading a book that, uh, you're going to send me a book. So I'll actually send you a book. Right um, it's called the Com- Have you read the comfort crisis? No, I've heard of it though. Dude, it's, it's, it's pretty badass, And, uh, a lot of the things you've said, um, are really kind of echoed in that book in like a different fashion. Um, but yeah, man, I, I completely agree with you and I don't, I can't run. So I'm, I'm still like 300 pounds and running just destroys me for any, any period of time. I mean, a hundred yards. And so I do run when I need to, but the, the super long endurance things, uh, I actually get on a, uh, like a stationary bike and, uh, hit that stationary bike. And I completely understand everything that you're saying and uh you know the dark place that it kind of takes you to and the lonely place that you're in uh it's it's hard for me to describe but i think the best the best benefit is kind of like what you said it gives you perspective for the next hard thing that you're going to do in life um and it just mentally hardens you you know what i mean like yeah just completely everything that you said I, i agree with it um do you, and I know you said whatever it is, uh, do you think running is the best way to do that? Or is it long ass hikes? What, what do you think? Does it need to be an endurance thing? Do, can you get that same sort of, um, mental place if you're doing like a, a hit workout or a sprint workout? Like, uh, what do you think, what conditions <laughs> need to be right in order for you to get in that mental spot? Like what you're talking about? It's the best thing for me because I don't enjoy <laughs> doing it and I don't care who you are. It's tough. You know, like it, it's yeah. tough. Like I can go around two miles and be like, all right, whatever. That wasn't very hard. But when you run 
seven miles a day for fucking 70 days in a row, that gets pretty darn tough and you hurt. Or if you run an ultra when you're out there for 20 plus hours, 24 hours, like that's really, really, really hard for me. But that's me. Like, I don't care what it is. Whoever's listening to this, I don't care what your heart is. You definitely need to find it, first of all, and keep doing it. I don't give a darn if it's walking your dogs around the block. If that's tough for you, do it five days out of the week. If it is, um, dude, I, I, if it's jumping rope for 20 minutes straight, do it. If it's just going to the gym and dicking off, half the battle is just going. Like, I get that. Like, yeah. but you need to find your hard, whatever that might be, experiment with it. Try a bunch of different things mm-hmm. until you're like, this really sucks. And then do it, like, do it for an hour. And then do it again tomorrow and then the next day. For me, that's running. For you, it might be CrossFit. For the 18-year-old that's listening to this, it might be studying for his math exam. Well, you need to do it, man. It's, it's going to make you a better person in the long run and help prepare you when life comes slaps you in the dick. So. Yeah, completely right. I completely agree with you. And uh, and make sure that your heart is like, I, I would I would add on to that and make sure that um, your heart is is continually getting, I guess, harder. Maybe like make sure that you're you're progressing mm-hmm. uh, because I know for me, um, finding those difficult things for me they got less and less difficult. And so I had to keep moving forward. You know, it went from, uh, you know, for me, not even that long ago, just a 45 minute constant walk at a brisk pace was super difficult. Like it just was because I was so fucking heavy. Um, and my legs weren't used to doing that kind of thing. And so a 45 minute walk at a brisk pace would put me on my ass. And now I'm doing it with like a 50 pound pack. And, uh, I actually like, I don't, I wouldn't even call it running or jogging. It's more like a, a shuffle, like a ruck shuffle. Like you put a 50 pound pack on and you're just kind of shuffling along. Um, now I do that and that kicks me right in the dick, kind of like what you said. Um, so just to add on to what Tyler's saying, make sure that it, it continues to evolve and it continues to be extraordinarily difficult and you continue to do it on, like he said, a, a daily basis. So we're, we're in a complete agreement there. And I, I think, I, I don't know that I could say it better than what you did. So. Um, I do have a couple things. We're running up. We're at 50 minutes and I want to be respectful of, of the hour. What, uh, I, I have a question. You, you said you went and shot a deer at your stepdad's or not stepdad, uh, <laughs> your father-in-law's house, correct? Oh yeah. Yep. So I noticed, and I, I know his, his management practices, I listened to your podcast and like you said, he, he obviously gets results. So I'm not going to sit here and criticize any of the management practices because, you know, he's got the the antlers to prove that they work. But uh, I was worried, like, w- letting meat sit that long. Um, what is what is his game taste like? What did that deer taste like? Uh, was there any meat spoilage letting it sit that long? Was it, I, I mean, I'm from Texas, so you literally can't let it sit that long or it's going to be bloated and, and absolute trash by the time you get to it. Um, does he have any problems with that or uh, what's the deal there? That That's just for my curiosity. So in Ohio, October, November, December, even January, it's usually pretty brisk. Um, okay. And to be completely honest, like, dude, don't really give a whole heck of a lot about deer meat to begin with. Um, okay. I mean, he likes it, but it's not like, I mean, granted, if he'd shoot a deer and it's 80 degrees out, like, I'm sure that he would go retrieve it and not just let the whole thing spoil. Then your cape's messed up in the whole nine yards. But no, we were fine. I think it was yeah. like probably 40 degrees. So. I mean, that deer was stiff as a rock when we, when we got to it and I quartered it in the, in the barn and ate some the next day and it it was, it was really good. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. And just being new, I didn't know how that would, cause you always hear people, they're like, yeah, wait an hour, but then you have to absolutely bum rush it and like get to it and get it, you know, get it opened up and to make sure it doesn't. And I know for elk, it's a bigger issue because of bone sour. Um, because you know, their hams are so big that, uh, they'll hold that heat a, a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I just didn't know what his experience was with, with waiting that long and letting them sit and die. And for people, for people that are listening, go listen to, uh, Tyler's episode. I don't remember which one it was, but he was recapping, uh, one of his hunts and he ended up shooting a, a massive, massive buck that probably the likes of which I haven't even seen yet, um, on his father-in-law's ranch. And it was like 
smaller than some of the bucks that his father-in-law had shot. And so it was just a huge buck, but he ended up like his, his father-in-law has some weird management practices that have amazing results apparently. And so just to give context to the listeners, but uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. His, his, uh, his management is serious, man. Like it, it is a deer sanctuary. Yeah. Some of the rules out there, I was, I was like, man, this, I never really understood until I actually got to, you know, put boots on the ground and actually go hunt, but it's definitely worth it. And it really makes sense because those deer are just, I mean, they're heavy in there. They live there and they've lived there for a long time. Yeah. Well, and you know, uh, stand hunting, I've always, cause I live in this space, I live in Texas, but I also hunt public land. And so I live in this weird, like interspace to where you've got the Western hunters that are like, Oh, I could never imagine hunting over a feeder. And then you've got the dudes that if it, takes them more than a, a razor ride to to go get a deer there's like there's no fucking point like i can drive right up to the stand right. and get it so i live in between those two and i've come to appreciate both sides because i do think the stand side really is a management game you know what i mean like yeah i have huge respect for what your father-in-law does because his his game is not you know how many miles can i hike to finally spot a deer and put an arrow in it his game is how can i grow the biggest oldest mature deer and manage them it's it's more like ranching which is where i come from yep. you know what i mean it, it really is kind of like a deer ranch except they're not tame you know what i mean so i really have a lot of respect for for what he does and and more of the eastern side of of hunting like that yeah it's different strokes for different folks um like yeah. i just absolutely grinded my behind off all year with i couldn't tell you how many miles well 150 in september and then who, yeah. who who knows however many else. So when he gave me an opportunity to go hop in the stand, I was all over it. And to me, it's like, that's <laughs> yeah. how I grew up hunting. So like I have patience. I can sit there and, you know, watch the deer come in. But um, not what I'm used to, but I, I will I will definitely take it. And I was very fortunate and blessed and very appreciative that he let me come out and do that. So. Yeah, no, dude, it was super cool. I hope I hope people go listen to the story because I thought it was I thought it was really awesome. But anyway, man, uh, as we're as we're kind of wrapping it up, uh, you know, we identified your purpose as uh, trying to realize your full potential in all things that you do. Um, how, what are some of the successes apart from the deer at your father in law's? What are some of the successes that you've had in fulfilling that purpose? And then what's what's next? So like what this year? Let's let's just say in the three six three hundred sixty five day period of 2022 what are some of the successes that you've had trying to fulfill that purpose and then in 2023 um how are you gonna fulfill that purpose uh yeah in 2023 sorry didn't mean to butcher that no you're good man i don't i don't really know if it's ever like a true success because every time i wake up it's like all right man we gotta start over like are you gonna get after it today are you gonna do what you're supposed to do and give it your full effort or are you going to get soft and not do what you told yourself you're supposed to do? So it's like, yeah, you know, I did what I was supposed to do today. That's fine and dandy, but tomorrow's a new day. I have a choice to make, right? Am I going to work out? Yeah. Am I going to run? So it's just, it's, it's never, it's never ending, man. And I just want to keep pushing, um, pushing my body in terms of just giving everything that I have, whether it be the running or the hunting like I should go to bed every night, like exhausted. Like if I'm not falling asleep on the couch at nine o'clock watching a movie with my wife, like probably didn't work hard enough. And nine times out of 10, like I'm kind of <laughs> yeah. usually dozing off and I'm like, baby, I got to go to bed. Like I'm tired. It's been a long day. So that's when right. I know that like you did what you're supposed to do and um, just, just keep pushing the envelope, man. I have a couple races I want to do next year. Um, one of them's a hundred miler. Haven't touched that yet. I've been kind of pussyfooting around the distance. And I, I think that it needs to happen. If not now, I'm not sure when, so who knows if I can do it, but we'll, we'll just keep pushing. And you know, that that's, if it's not close to my full potential, I'm, <laughs> I don't really know what is. So <laughs> we're going to, we're going to yeah. probably find out. Yeah, man, uh, this book that I'm going to send you, they have a, it, and I'm, I'm not going to drag it out too far, but they have a concept called the Misogi. Uh, and it's just this really, really hard challenge that uh, it, I think the way that they said it is that the the way you know it's a Misogi is that if everything goes right, you still have a 50% chance of success. 
So if everything goes 100% right, you still only have a 50% chance of success. And so uh, I'll, I'll send you that and I think you'll really enjoy it. And that may be your, your hundred miler. I think uh, we've got a little Canyon in here and I think I've decided this will be the first time it's ever been said on the podcast. So I'll have to actually fucking do it now, which is going to suck. But um, we have a little Canyon out here called Paladero Canyon. And uh, I think for my Misogi this year, I'm going to go and hike within well, I don't know how long it's going to take me, but I'm just going to hike every mile of their trails. Um, Heck yeah. Just and not stop, like not sleep until I do it is, is going to be my Masogi. So I hope that your 100 miler uh, goes really good and we'll have to up, update each other on how our how our Masogis go through 2023. Yeah, I like that, man. You know, it's either you're either going to do it or you're not. It's either going to happen or it's not. It's, you know, it's either going to rain or it's not going to rain. Fucking 50 percent chance all the time, all day, every day. So. You just need to hold up your yeah. end of the bargain and let the chips fall where they may. Yes, sir. Well, and, and you had you had identified uh, that you didn't really have a, a significant point of um, success in 2022, or maybe you did, but you didn't want to define it like that. Um, could we come to an agreement that maybe your point of success is that on January 1st of 2022 uh, to December 31st of 2022, um, maybe the success was that you 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 improved from those two dates could you could we call that a success that you didn't regress you didn't put it in reverse from those two dates 100 percent, man that's that's really all i'm trying to do and and i think you put it in a really good way you know it's i don't think i'll ever make it to the top whatever my top may be but as long as just every day just a little bit of a fraction better than the last day so from 010122 to 0101231023 100% I got better. Yeah. And that's really all I'm after, man. It's just get a little bit better like I wasn't stagnant. You know, I I improved every day and I feel like if people start living like that, um their life will will improve drastically. Yes, sir. I completely agree. So to wrap this up, I want to let you, I'm sorry, man, I should have done it at the beginning so that people didn't have to listen to us, uh, shoot the shit, but to hear all of your information, um, where, where do we find you? Um, where, how do we, how do we find you? Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, if you want to follow my personal journey, I guess, um, God bless you, but it's underscore guy, which is G E I G and then underscore again. So that's underscore guy underscore on IG. And if you click that page, you'll see a link to my podcast. It's um, Montana Knox, N-O-C-K-S, like an arrow knock, uh, Montana Knox podcast. So, um, yeah, that, that's pretty much where you can find me. If you have any questions, fitness related or hunting related, I'm probably not the guy for at least the hunting aspect of things, but I can find you somebody that is. Um, shoot me a DM and I'm, I'm usually pretty good with interacting with folks. So. Yeah, that's where you can find me. Yeah, everybody, Tyler's awesome. Um, go listen to his podcast. Uh, if I ask you, hey, have you listened to the Purpose podcast recently? And you're going to be like, no, nah, man, I've been listening to Montana Knox. I'm going to be okay with that. So um, go listen Go listen to his stuff. He's got some really, uh, really good stuff, especially for the aspiring Western hunter. And uh, one thing that I really want you guys to get from, especially this conversation, because this dude is, is in the shit with the hunting and the running. Um, if it's not something that you're into, there can be value taken from that. Uh, especially in the long form podcast type type realm. So if you're, if you're thinking enough and you really want to be better, you can absolutely get information from things that you might not be interested in like bow hunting. Um, so go listen to his podcast, Tyler. I really, really appreciate it. Do you have anything for me? Do you have any questions for me? Anything like that? Likewise, man, I appreciate it. Um, I don't have any questions, man. I just want to say that I've been on, I don't go on a lot of shows, but I've been on quite a few, and this is one of my favorite ones that I've been on. You're an excellent host. Um, Just the way that you structure the conversation in the show uh, is really cool. And uh, if I have one piece of advice is to just stay consistent with it. If you're supposed to drop an episode on said day, keep her going. And um, you'll be surprised with the the people that you meet and the relationships that you form and all the fruits that, that come with it. So consistency, man. And uh, your, your show is awesome and I'm honored to be a part of it. Dude, I really appreciate it. I, I, 
can't thank you enough, man. And, uh, yeah, that, that means a lot to me because it, it's been, it's been a grind. And like you said, being consistent, uh, there's definitely been some Sundays to where, uh, we were driving back home and I was like, dude, I could totally post this podcast on Monday morning, but nah, I told everybody it would be posted on Sunday. I didn't give them a time, you know, I was strategic in that aspect, but I said, it's going to be posted on Sunday. And so I completely agree with you. And I, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, man. Thanks, Tyler. And I hope to have you on again, uh, you know, eventually. So you're welcome, man. Thank you for having me. We'll, uh, we'll stay in touch. No doubt. Yes, sir. Stay on the line. I want to get some info from you. Uh, I'm just going to do a little note to the, the listeners, guys. Make sure that you are uh, listening to the Purpose Book Club. We're going over the comfort crisis right now. Um, I don't know that I'm doing it much justice, but I'm offering you my notes. Uh, I write in my books. And so giving you my notes on the comfort crisis, but reading along at 10 pages per day, um, dropping every Wednesday. Uh, we're going to do a book after that. I think I want to go nonfiction after that but I don't want it to be just a huge pain in the dick to read for everybody. It needs to be less than 300 pages so that we can finish it in a month. So be a part of that message me on Instagram. I'm going to tag Tyler and Montana Knox in the, uh, posting of this episode on Instagram. So go check him out. Um, if you have any suggestions for me, as always hit me up, uh, reply to my Q and A's, please give me some cues so that I can give you some A's and Tyler can give you some A's when he's back on. So uh, reply to my Q&As and guys, I really appreciate it. Thanks for all your support and I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks.